temperament. I built a phenomenal business with incredible, iconic assets, uh, one of the really, truly great real estate businesses. And I may be an entertainer because I've had tremendous success with number one bestsellers all over the place, with The Apprentice and everything else I've done. But I will tell you this, what I am far and away greater than an entertainer is a businessman. And that's the kind of mindset this country needs to bring it back. Because we owe $19 trillion right now, $19 trillion. And you need this kind of thinking to bring our country back. And believe me, my temperament is very good, very calm. But we will be respected outside of this country. We are not respected now. Mr. Yeah. Senator Paul, your name has been invoked. I kind of have to laugh when I think, of, hmm, sounds like a non-sequitur. He was asked whether or not he would be capable and it would be in good hands to be in charge of the nuclear weapons, and all of a sudden there's a sideways attack at me. I think that really goes to really the judgment. Do we want some with that kind of character, that kind of careless language to be negotiating with Putin? Do we want someone like that to be negotiating with Iran? I think really there's a sophomore quality that is entertaining about Mr. Trump. But I am worried. I'm very concerned about him having him in charge of the nuclear weapons because I think his response, his, his visceral response to attack people on their appearance, short, tall, fat, ugly, my goodness, that happened in junior high. Are we not way above that? Would we not all be worried to have someone like that in charge of the nuclear arsenal? Take the Mr. Trump. I never attacked him on his look, and believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there that I can tell you. But Jake, Jake, I want to, I want to give Mr. Trump, but Jake, Mr. This, Mr. Trump, this, I want to give you another. Oh man! You've got to be kidding me! I have not heard that one before, and it it sounds like a a presidential version of "Well, you're ugly. Well, you're ugly too." Have pet Let's peeves. listen to another I have one. Major psychotic fucking hatreds, okay? And, uh, you know, I talk about it. it. It's not been easy for me. It has not been easy for me. And, you know, I, I started off in Brooklyn. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. I came into Manhattan and I had to pay him back and I had to pay him back with interest. There we go. A small loan of a million. You know, I uh, I find myself getting yelled at when I hit my parent up, my parents up for twenty bucks on occasion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Donald Trump is an asshole. So what we typed into the YouTube's was uh, Donald Trump being an asshole, and then I typed in Donald Trump being a dick, and I got does Donald Trump hate women? Worst quotes. Uh, it starts with a warning, which we will give to you. You guys are already listening to MutinyRadio.fm, so you don't give a fuck about the fuck swears. We know that. Uh, but some people view this uh, video as offensive. If you are sensitive in any way, please close out of this video and do not return. Either way, you have been warned. Um, these, are, these are things that he said. These are quotes. Do we? Can we allow this person to be in charge of our country? Do I have to move to Canada? Like, this is, these are questions I'm asking myself now. I feel kind of screwed because I, I have a DUI in my past. I can't go to Canada. I know I have a DUI. And I don't, ha I don't have a passport, so I can't go to Mexico. So my best case scenario. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, my best case scenario is to catch a flight to the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's there about as go. good as it's going to go. get. Yeah, that sounds good. Hide there. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm afraid. And I, 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 made it, I made a joke, and I've, I've said, oh, I think that... This was, this was actually a ploy about four years ago at Christmas when um, Hillary, Hilldog, and Trumpy were at Christmas together. And he was like, Hilldog, 
I have this great idea. Here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I love being famous, and The Apprentice is a piece of shit, and it's gone now, so I, I need to be on TV a lot. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna run for the Republican Party to give you a landslide. And uh, at first, he was like, you know, what'll happen is they won't, I won't get the Republican nomination, then I'll run as an independent, so you'll definitely win by a landslide. But you know what, now, that's the scariest thing, is he actually could win. Yeah, I mean, this is, if everybody were voting for him as a gag, on top of the people that are just staunch supporters of him, this could get real, real uh, interesting, to say the least. But not even a gag. Like, I think that people are like, yeah, Donald Trump, I love The Apprentice. He is a famous person. What's the difference between Ronald Reagan? He was pretty famous. I mean, it was a different way back in the 50s and 60s. But it's basically like having a new star as the president. It'd be like Arnold Schwarzenegger as president. I mean, he's already been the governor. What about, what's next, Ben Affleck? Like, is that, what, what is, I mean, and that's, that's actually a serious thing. He's been getting in politics, Ben Affleck. And what is wrong with us as American people that we're choosing people to lead us who are actors? They are good at reading a script and memorizing things and lying to us. Actors are professional liars, you idiots. This is <laughs> their true. job. Their job is to lie to you. They are leading a society is what these politicians that we have duly elected. Do you want to have a professional liar, actor, cheat, and a shitty businessman actually be in charge of our society as we see it? It scares the fuck out of me. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I don't need any more coffee. Um, I'm wide awake now. Um, Sorry, I went. I was my little rant. I just, I get so upset. That's exactly what the purge is. That kind of of reaction you just had right there is the essence of what I want to do between 8 and 10 uh, a.m. on Thursdays. Thursdays. I can't wait. It's going to be a great show. Here, we're going to listen right now to Donald Trump uh, being a dick. Again. Does Trump hate women? Plus Donald's worst quotes. Apparently he might also hate Mexicans. Trump is the Mexicans as the Chinese were to Mongolians. Or at least he will be once he builds that goddamn wall. For those of you who don't know, this is Donald Trump. He's a big fan of birds, which is why he has their hairstyle. He no doubt likes dogs too. Bravo to Donald Trump. Got yourself five bucks for free. You can finally release your hairpiece from captivity. Huh, I guess he's a cat person too. If Hillary Clinton can't satisfy her husband. <laughs> so apparently Donald Trump's idea of presidency is how well you can sexually satisfy the entire country. I don't know, I'm not gonna knock a Donald Trump blowjob till I get it. Donald Trump talking crap about Ariana Huff says she is a dog and then acts like he's the victim. We may have ourselves a self-pitying president. Is this Ariana Huff? She doesn't look like a dog to me. Ariana Huff is unattractive both inside and out. Why would you say that? You know who's super unattractive, Donald? You. Have you ever gave yourself an honest look in the mirror? You are an ugly man. You don't take my word for it. Donald Trump, name me one hot 73-year-old. Just one. If there is one, it's not you. How about a sexy 79-year-old? No? Nothing? Again, the robot thinks you're in your 70s. I still can't think of a hot 67-year-old. Wow, 69. That's the closest you'll get to that number without paying someone to do it with you. Yeah, you know what? I did say that. Katy Perry must have been drunk when she married Russell Brand. Oh my Thank goodness Russell Brand to the rescue. Are you drunk when you write these tweets? What does the foam you spray on your bald head make you hot? I think it's the foam, Russell Brand. Definitely the foam. Donald Trump aiding and trashing Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly, of course, being a very attractive woman who Donald Trump seems to enjoy laughing at. While also promoting the message that Megyn Kelly is the biggest loser. Isn't it lovely to think this man could be our president? If he's happy to dump over non-hostile fellow Americans like this, imagine how this man will handle talking to foreign leaders, many of which have the ability to significantly harm the United States. If you guys really want to go to war with other nations over one massive jackass's ego, Donald Trump is your best bet. The guy does not know how to talk to people. Apparently Donald Trump thinks that Rosie O'Donnell is disgusting in and out. Hey Donald Trump, maybe come up with new insults. That jab's about as old as that nutsack you call a face. According to this, the potential president of the United States told a contestant it would be a pretty picture to see her on her knees. Imagine for a second the woman he said that to was your wife or your daughter or your mom. Or maybe that context is better for Donald Trump to consider before he opens his mouth again and attacks some woman he decides to have a beef with. Anyway, here's a list of all the women Donald Trump's been married to. As you can see, if he does hate women, he doesn't hate them so much that he's not willing to marry them. Long story short, vote for Bernie Sanders.
Yay, Bernie. That was nicely put right there. I, I don't have no I have no idea who that gentleman was that did that video right there about Donald Trump, but I like him. Yeah. Donald's I mean, honestly, we can can we can can we have a, a, a I mean he says ugly both inside and out. What? Why are why is that even an issue? Why is the why is a woman's appearance any worry of yours and why are you spouting it out to the whole world that if, if we're gonna i can't we can't we how do we stop donald trump oh man i, I we don't have enough to, money I'm, I'm afraid to actually throw out a couple of suggestions because if he does become president i could be probably having a visit from the secret service well could you imagine you can't i mean i don't want to i mean i could imagine what it'd be like i just choose not to because the thought absolutely scares the shit out of me here we'll uh we'll I love David Letterman. Let's hear him destroy Donald Trump three years ago. Three years ago, uh, he was on the uh, the Letterman show, which is no longer, and we're gonna hear him destroy him. Here we go. I have nothing against China. I just hate that their leaders are so much smarter than our leaders. 2016, we will not be the world leader anymore. We have been always. What will but in 2016, China becomes the great economic leader. Even, even if Mitt Romney is elected, he says that maybe he will, can turn it around. Well, do you think he can turn it around? I think we can. Do you think Mitt Romney can I turn think, it around? I think he can. As a line of clothing. Now, where were these made? These were made, I don't know where they were made, but they were made someplace. But they're great. It's ties, shirts, cufflinks, everything sold at Macy's, and they're doing great. Number one selling tie anywhere in the world. Number one selling I, I tie anywhere in the world. Wear that shirt, you wouldn't wear that we shirt? We also have them in white and beautiful where, white. Where are the shirts made? Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Well, it's good. Okay. We employ people in Bangladesh. It's ties? Where are the ties they made? Have to work these are too. beautiful ties. They are great ties. The ties are made in where? China? China. Ties are made in China. I'll tell you, and, and you know what, David, in all fairness, I've been very open about that, and not all of them, by the way, but I've been very open about that. Are you okay? Is the the no, chair I'm was fine. Made in I just, China. yeah, I know. The chair was made in China. <laughs> You buy let's that just, at Macy's, by the way. Let's just let's just let's just get, uh, the, the, shut down the uh, Donald Trump factory in Beijing. I would love to. And and we'll put up a tie factory in uh, Jamaica, Queens. I love it. And yeah. we'll make we'll make I the Donald it. Trump tie. I'm for it. Donald Trump is a dick. Part three of many. Sweet, sweet irony right there. Talking out of the side of his neck, and then David Letterman just totally just called his ass out and, on And it. that was three years ago, okay? So Donald Trump is not just being a dick right now. He's been a dick. I actually uh, looked back um, in the YouTubes joking around to see all of the... Um, he's done so many commercials in the 80s and, um, like, uh, things for... He was in Home Alone 2. Was he? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll look at... What we'll do is we'll play your Florence and the Machine drumming song here. And then I'll look up some of these. You, you'll, you'll be so surprised when you see him in... Um, he was in a ton of movies in the late 80s and early 90s when he was sort of solidifying his fame in a different way. It was like after the fall, after the bankruptcy of his first... Uh, company or whatever and then he was like grasping at stuff before The Apprentice kind of he's been trying to garner this fame for a long time I think this presidency might have been a joke in his mind years ago but it, I mean he's really 
<laughs> it's got some wheels to it. That's the it's, unfortunate it part. It has wheels because we are stupid, stupid people. Um, I, all of us, Americans as a whole. <laughs> it does make me uh, come to terms with uh, figuring out why Macaulay Culkin went and just went completely bonkers because more than likely Donald Trump was in a movie with him. Yeah, that would do us. Blame Donald Trump for everything. Hey, everybody who blamed Obama for everything for a long time, uh, for porcupines, global warming, their smelly dick, they blamed everything on Obama. And now I say just blame everything on Trump. Yeah, it's just, All of it. just do it. switch the same product onto a different package, and well, this would be Donald Trump. Maybe that if we could all just, if everyone started bad-mouthing Donald Trump, maybe something could happen. What if what if we could get some, like, underground tweet thing where, like, everyone in the world was like, Donald Trump, we hope you burn in hell, you're ugly inside and out, use his own um, slurs against him. Oh, yeah, and especially if we can get that to the Electoral College. Oh, God. That would be awesome. Well, if we could just have a three-party system. Or like a five-party system, or a twelve-party system. I think in like Royal Rumble, WWF style. I mean, I want to be <laughs> able to know. Well. I just want to at least be able to know that the guy who's running the the you know number one kid on the block in the free world can whip somebody's ass. Can kick some ass. Absolutely, we should have some UFC throwdown uh, for to see who's going to be the president. But may the strongest survive. Isn't that like sort of the old school way of doing things? Anyways, it, put him in a pit. Two men enter, one man leaves. Thunderdome, Thunderdome yes. Baby. Thank you, Tina Turner. Maybe we just need to put them, put them on. And I bet Hillary would win. Uh, put Hillary on one set of bungee cords uh, with one of those big Q-tip things, you know, like from American Gladiators. Uh-huh. And then put Donald Trump in the other with one of those big Q-tip things, and then just have them just bounce down, up and up, and like hit each other with big yeah. Q-tip things, and then. We'll see. We'll see who loses. A t- whoever loses a tooth first. Give her the huge Q-tip and give him a, a literal Q-tip. Give him a literal. And then just go at it. He has to use his bare hands. Yeah, yeah. How dare you fight a woman? You know what though? I really <laughs> think that she would. I I I think that she could take him. Oh, she's badass. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna fuck with her. Uh uh-uh. uh. And then there's Bernie Sanders. I like that guy. I like that guy too. He's an honest politician. If su- if such a thing exists. About as close to one as we're gonna he's find ne- right he's now. He's never flopped. He's he's always been he's always been the same. He's like the new Ralph Nader. He's the Jewish Ralph Nader. Love him. Uh, we're gonna list, tell us about this uh, Florence and the Machine drumming song. Oh, a few years back, I, I got turned on to that lady, Florence Welsh from Florence and the Machine, and quite frankly, voice of an angel. Voice. And of an angel. this is yet another catchy song, and well, it makes me just reflect back on. Uh, some good times that I had in the past, recent past, within the last three, four years when I was in Colorado. And every time I hear it, it just brightens my day. It brightens your day. All right. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, brought to you by Alta California Botanicals. Best tink in the biz. Go to your local dispensary. Ask for it by name. Alta California Botanicals. My favorite uh, is the stress relief. High THC. Oh, yeah. Laser beams shooting out of my eyes, friends. Go this big or go home. Go big or go home. Don't take half a bottle, though. Uh, Florence the Machine drumming song. <laughs>
we're back. Right on. Hey, good good work, Jason. I just had to just do something. Being on the ones and twos has I, it together. Love it. Oh, yeah. I'm a natural. What can I say? He absolutely is. You guys are all going to be listening to The Purge on Thursdays from 8 to 10. New show, new format, great stuff. Uh, Mutiny Radio. We have like 44 shows now, and they're all so different and bizarre. You even said you were going to do some sports, right? Yes. That's just one of my passions is sports, and, you know, fact that uh, some of my favorite sports teams are, uh, well, they suck right now. Well, they don't suck. The 40 Winos? Nope. I'm originally from Indiana, so I oh, love the Colts. Oh, the Colts. Hey, um, my friend Victor of the JV Sports Show on Thursdays from 6 to 8, huge, huge Colts fan. And I always thought it was funny that Andrew Luck played for them because their symbol is the horseshoe symbol, and it's a lucky symbol. And then Andrew Luck was their quarterback yeah i think that's really cute i think despite what they may say in their front office i think they purposefully sucked so they could get him in the really? draft that's oh interesting. yeah yeah there was a whole uh grassroots conspiracy theory you know they're they suck for luck wow and I, I, i'd be uh inclined to buy into that but uh, also a big pacers fan they, oh, okay. they they were the the latest victim to the 23 and oh 23 and oh warriors over this season including last season they're up to 27 they tied the uh, miami heat for second longest uh winning streak that's amazing they're gonna beat that that bulls winning streak here uh, that's gonna what is that 32 games wouldn't that be amazing oh yeah, yeah. 33 the i think 33. by the 71 72 la lakers they just can't be beat uh so this is interesting news yesterday i was um hanging out with a baby, as I do on Tuesdays. And we like to go down to um, the big park in front of City Hall because he likes to play soccer. He's two and he's really good at soccer and he likes to kick around the ball. And it's this big, huge, flat area where nothing is dangerous and he can push the cart around and we, I can follow him around with a soccer ball for like an hour. So for me, it works out really well. It's clean. It's not difficult to avoid the questionably housed people because we just, there's, it's such a big space right there in front of City Hall. Well. Right before that's gonna happen, I see a grouping of people and I look at Jude and I say, hey, something democratic is going to happen. People are going to exercise their right uh, to speak in public on the steps of the hall and it's getting bigger and bigger. And we get closer and it's Warriors Ground SF. It's a group in San Francisco that's trying to get the Warriors to come to the city. And they're saying, we want this amazingly successful team. We've been trying to get them for 13 years. It's time to let us build a stadium here uh, like in the Hunters Point area and uh, help the community by bringing the Warriors here. And uh, they were giving away free t-shirts and I, and I got one for my boyfriend and it's really cool. It's blue and it says um, Warriors Ground SF and they're trying to get the Warriors to move here, which in a way, I mean, isn't that moving back to San Francisco? Because I, I believe they were uh, known as the San Francisco Warriors for a while there. Were they? I'm not entirely sure. I have not verified that particular uh, supposition, but I have heard it in uh, passing conversations that uh, they were the San Francisco Warriors at some point in time. Uh, anybody that wants to uh, correct me or tell me I'm a big fat liar and a fat mouth, uh, give us a call here at 415-550-0511. Perfect. Yeah, uh, but Warrior Ground itself. So there are all these people uh, doing great speeches and, and the local, um, like the electricians were behind it. That, that was the whole thing is that people want to build a stadium because that brings so many jobs into San Francisco for all the local um the unions. The union guys, yeah. To build laborers and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it cr would create so many more jobs because you'd have the vendors and you would have, it would be, it would be a big boon uh, for the community. And, uh, and they took the 49ers away. Yeah, yeah. No. And they took the 40 winos back to, or to Santa Clara, which, 
hurts my feelings on a really deep level. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of kind of conflicted about the idea of them coming to San Francisco simply because of this. Uh, they went, the Niners went to Santa Clara, you know, big, shiny new stadium. Yeah. We're going to, you know, make this uh, the new hub for the Bay Area football teams. And, well, they suck. And then there's been complaints about the stadium. There's yep. been complaints. Parking. Parking's just freaking horrible. Ruining the whole freeway system that's ruined anyway over in that exactly. part of the, the South Bay is like a, a spider web of stupid freeways just everywhere Blech. and we just didn't they built this big thing but it's like now all the people are coming to it and they don't it's it's I heard that okay I'm not speaking very well right now because I'm flustered but I had a friend who went to a game and they said it ended at like eight o'clock and they didn't get home until one in the morning back to the city you're kidding because they couldn't get out of the parking lot, and then the entire freeway system was shambles. And it took them five hours to get from the game to their house. Which, if it's in the city, you can use public transportation. Like, there, it, that's the other thing. It's like impossible to get there via Caltrain or whatever else. It, they, they built it and said, oh, if we build it, they will come. But you have to have the roots for people to get there, you dumb fucks. I don't think they really thought the infrastructure through uh, enough. I mean, as far as the stadium, beautiful stadium. You know, other than the turf has got problems. But, so, you know, nice little building they got there. But I don't think they – they must have been smoking some sherm or some PCP when they didn't uh, think about uh, – you know, how people are going to get to and from that particular venue. Absolutely, and how much it costs. I mean, parking alone is like 50 bucks or something. Yeah, yeah. That's the parking. So, like, I, I, I... And I, the I, tickets. It's like, what? <sighs> but sports is big money, so... It is, unfortunately, uh, especially with the NFL. Freaking juggernaut uh, sporting organization in this country, hands down, undisputed, undefeated champion, uh, at least for the last 40 years. Now, the other thing that I was wondering about is, I kind of dig Oakland. You know, they don't have really much going for them right now. Well, uh, yeah. They, well, that's the, the, the thing they do have is that Bart goes right to the Oakland Coliseum. Oh, that which is, is amazing. Sweet. <coughs> you know, uh, I, I got a chance to go to Oakland for, I think, the first time. No, the second time. I've been uh, this past Sunday. And uh, it was really cool to get on the Bart and just know that, hey, I'm underneath, you know, billions of gallons of freaking water, oh, right? That scares me too. Kind of kind of freaks me out, but you know, it was kind of cool just to putz around Oakland and I, you know, it's not a bad not a bad little town. Yeah, well, it's coming up. There's a I mean, there's a lot of great restaurants, there's a great beer scene. They have um Jack London Square is lovely. They have I mean, you can get really great um oh, what are they called? Charsu Bao in in Chinatown down there. And there's I mean, it's lovely. Like Merritt is nice. It's not a terrible place. <laughs> they no. have in and outs over there. Oh, yeah. they're civilized. <laughs> they're, they're civilized. They're civilized. But I mean, it's not. It's not the city. So I'm. I'm definitely not planning on trans. I'll do anything I can to try to stay here. Oh, I agree. Um, I would agree. So I bought tickets because my my boyfriend Jonathan, our anniversary is on Christmas, and I bought him Raider tickets for Christmas Eve, and they're still affordable. That's, oh, that, that is cool. Those, um, the tickets, I mean, there were a lot of um, extra fees tacked on top, but the tickets themselves were only 75 bucks a piece. That is really freaking reasonable for an NFL game. That's what I thought, because I'm like, I used to go, like, the Chargers, 
they were way more than that. And the Chargers have sucked forever. Oh, um, yeah. And I guess the Raiders have sucked for a long time, but now they're actually kind of looking good. And maybe next year they'll look. I mean, I don't think they're going to make it to the wild card this year. They just, no, no, you know, it's, it's not, not going to happen. happen. They got a great foundation, though. They've they've got they've got the young players, and uh, they're gonna they they're gonna pull it together. Next year, I think we're going to see a lot from the Raiders. But it's going to be exciting to see, and they're playing the Chargers that day. So it's the Raiders playing the Chargers, and I used to live in San Diego for 12 years. So San Diego, Super Chargers, <laughs> San Diego, Chargers. Is it true that the uh, gentleman that owned MasterCard, actually, the one uh, who nicknamed him the Chargers, he was like the, I heard that he was the uh, original owner for the San Diego Chargers, the guy who founded know. MasterCard or something like that, that's why they were called the Chargers. Oh, that's funny. But um, Yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 that's that would be. I wonder if that's true because that's really fun. But it's like a, and because there's no lightning down there either, so like a lightning bolt, Charger. Yeah. Just maybe. a it, random food, image food, to put food, on a good stuff. helmet. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, fun fact: uh, the Chargers are my ex-wife's favorite football team, so uh, yeah, I, I won't hold. Uh, their success or failure against you, just my ex-wife. Oh, no, no, no. And you know what? It, it, you don't even have to worry about it because they can't win a postseason game. No matter how well they do during the season, like, the, and they'll even win their first postseason game, but they can never win the second postseason. It, it, it happened, like, all the way through the mid-thousands. They were doing great all season. Blah! And then all of a sudden at the end, it was that kicker. It was that damn Kading. Um, there were, it was just a despondency in the street. I remember picking up my ex-husband from, he had season tickets and I wasn't allowed to go because I was a wife, um, but I would still be nice enough to stay sober and go pick him and his friends up from the game. And when they lost the second postseason game, and I think it was like in 2005 when it was, and uh, it was the Katie kick, it was started to like rain and mist in San Diego. And the streets were just like silent with despondency oh, as I'm driving no. up to the stadium to pick them up and everyone's just like, it's like, come on, you guys. If you've been Charger fans for eight years, you know they can't win a postseason game. You think it's going to happen this year? Come on. You know who's really not losing any sleep over the Chargers' uh, inability to win a Super Bowl? Yeah. Drew Brees. <laughs> right. They go, oh, you want to trade me because of bum shoulder? All right, I can roll with that. And now you guys can suck it. Uh, absolutely. And I, one of my favorite players was um, LaDainian Tomlinson. And, and even, even when he moved to the Jets, I was still a fan. And... Um, and I like to listen to listen to him do his little commentary now on the TVs. I don't know which network he works oh, for. Oh, I loves me some Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, he, he's he's good people. LT. And then poor Junior Seau, that was the other Charger that was just such a sad, sad thing. And and this actually ties into that new movie Concussion. I don't know if you've heard about I it. I was just listening to uh, Mike and Mike in the morning this morning, and they were talking about that movie. And it's the first time I'd heard about it. And they they talked about Junior Seau as well. I really liked him. He was a hell of a Hell of a guy, not only on the field, but off the field. Absolutely. Uh, even though he went to USC, and I can't really stand <laughs> USC, but I didn't hold that against him. Sure. And it was tragic, a, a true tragedy. So somebody with a, a, a huge heart that he did uh, suffer such a, an ending because of traumatic brain injury. And, and that's the thing. We didn't think at the time. I, I just thought, oh, the pressure of everything got too much. I thought that because his, his restaurant started not doing very well. So the rumor going around San Diego at the time was that... Well, his restaurant wasn't doing well, and he was, he was fearing bankruptcy and all these kinds of things, and so he killed himself. And But that it would be a traumatic brain in, injury, kind of, that he, I heard that he just wasn't the same. And when your head gets hit that many times, like, we've just never talked about it. That that much, I, I know one person with traumatic brain injury, and they are not all there. Um, 
And, and the thing that gets confusing for them is they used to be all there and they remember being all there, but they can't do it. And so then they get really like angry because they're like, why aren't you listening to me? You're, and it's like, well, because you're wrong. Yeah. But it's because their brain injury isn't thinking. It's sort of like they keep their ego, but their abilities sort of degrade. And so then that interplay of like, I used to know this, I used to be great. It's like, oh, okay, well, things are a little different now. And like accepting that, I think might be ah that kind of tied back into uh sweet gail's uh need for acceptance yeah. thing she was talking about yeah but so yeah i'm gonna have to check that movie out yeah concussion that's uh everybody look it up and uh i mean what's that that's the thing this always trips me out uh sports is a huge industry multi-billion dollars huge all of it uh nba nfl mlb um nhl i already said nhl no. no, I didn't. Okay, NHL. So we have all of these in the soccer. Like, we're not even talking about the premier soccer leagues. All right. And the oldest, like, organized sport would probably be soccer. But the rest of them really came around the turn of the century. So you've got basketball, like, 1896. And, and that's before they even cut the bottom of the baskets out. So this is 115 years ago. This stuff didn't even exist. And now we've created this industry that's enormous. And that's only 115 years. That's like in our grandparents' grandparents' lifetime. That's like three generations within three generations. I mean, if you think within four generations, there was slavery. Yeah. So in, in that, you know, 200 years, we've had a lot of changes. Uh-huh. And uh, But it, it blows my mind that this stuff didn't even exist. And now we're just building huge stadiums and teams and tickets and all of this money this industry came out of something that didn't even exist and i I guess i could say the same thing for computers right like computers only came out what the first computer was like in the 60s yeah and then they got and even in the 70s they were still the size of this entire building and then now we have we walk around with computers in our hand and we throw them away and we get new ones Yeah, yeah I just, I don't know where the world is going. Can it keep expanding at such like a... I don't think it can on a, on a and be, I don't think it's sustainable. It, it, it is not uh, infinitely sustainable uh, with the juggernaut that sports has uh, turned itself into. The need, I think it's almost to a, a, a Roman gladiator type of level right there. Yeah. We, would, we just want to see the bigger hits. We want to see the bigger dunks. We want to see somebody getting posterized. We want to see uh, somebody, uh, a victor, Somebody a victim in the in the world of and, sports. And then the other side of it is the merchandising where, I mean, this has been the thing that's been tripping me out. And they're just, they're such geniuses. Is that football ostensibly is three. It's like three months. And every month they choose a different uniform. In September, it's their regular uniform. In October, and with all of the hoodies and jackets and hats that go with it. And then in October, it's Women's Breast Cancer Month. So everything's pink. And there's pink jerseys and there's pink outfits and it's pink, pink, pink by the pink thing. And then in November, it was military, military. And everything was camo and there was a hat. It's the same thing. So basically, they just made it so that they can have three, you can buy three different hats if you like the Chargers. You can buy three different sweatshirts if you like the Colts. And people 
do this. <laughs> they even have hats that have absolutely no resemblance to the actual team colors because people love collecting sports hats. Right. Um, another. They're geniuses. Yeah. Def- baseball hats for football. Does anybody see this as stupid? It's a baseball hat. It's a football team. Genius. You know, also a genius is actually opening up a line of clothing specifically designed for women. Because for the longest time, with the NFL, that right there just took it to that next level. Absolutely. It's crazy. Well, and and women have been getting more into sports, and they want us to, and that's why they put the ladies on the sidelines, and they make them say smart things about football because they want more women to watch the game. It's really hard for me to spend an entire Sunday watching three football games, though. Or the red zone when you're just like back and forth and all the different games. It's just hard for me to stay interested for that long. You said you'd have knitting. I do have my knitting. That's, you know what? I see that as a really positive. I could maybe crochet while I was watching some football or bake. Well, thankfully for me, I actually, uh, you know, I'm at work on Sunday. So if I'm lucky, I'll catch maybe like a half. Right. Which in the grand scheme of things is probably a good thing because I would be that guy that will be there from 8 a.m. from Sunday NFL countdown right all the way to the last uh, play on Sunday night it's my boyfriend Jonathan but we already <laughs> we've already like made the deal where I'm like Sundays are yours during football season you can I'm just there you go but it wasn't really a sacrifice for me because my ex-husband had the um, season tickets mm-hmm. so he was gone on Sundays anyways at all the home games so it was like eh, you're not here on Sunday whatever football um, and you know, I, I like an excuse to drink. I, sometimes on a Sunday, that, that's fun to watch football all day and just get stupid wasted and yell at the TV. I prefer hockey. Oh, that I would love to see a hockey. LA game. is or LA, but um, NFL is fine with me. Uh, you pulled something up for us. Yeah, we got uh, nice little cameo appearances from Donald Trump that's throughout the right. years. Let's go back to the big asshole Donald Trump. So he seriously. <laughs> Uh, was in a bunch of movies, so we're gonna kind of listen to uh, him on those, and then we'll be right back on the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Jason and Pam. Sir, it is my esteemed pleasure to introduce Mr. and Mrs. Donald Trump. This is on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You were here. You look great. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, Donald owns this restaurant. Oh. Uh, this is my friend Mike McNeil. Hey, listen, are you bagging her? Huh? Are you? No, no, we, we just met. Well, call me Liz. Oh, sure. Thanks. Okay, boys, it's time to get serious. So let me tell you that uh, all the money Sorry, that I win from Susan. you tonight is the first income I've gotten that's not been garnished by the Bank of Margot. I hope you have a good lawyer. <laughs> Donald, listen, it's 50 cents to open. Okay, here's a news flash. You're rich, all right? <laughs> and I didn't get rich by throwing away quarters. <laughs> all right, okay. Samantha, Sex a cosmopolitan, and Donald Trump. You just don't get more New York than that. Look at this right here on the street. It's Donald Trump. What are you, morons? Wade. The Drew Carey Trump, Show. I hear Kelson finally dumped you. Not exactly, no. We just came to a mutual understanding that she couldn't bear me for another second. Mike. Mike. Donald. Mr. Trump here wrote The Art of the Deal. Then he wrote a new bestseller, The Art of the Comeback. Two books. Wow. <laughs> 
like you to meet... Oh, what am I talking about? All you handsome zillionaires know each other. <laughs> Donald! Maxwell Sheffield, how do you do? How do you just gonna crash and burn and take his clients with him? He associates like... Excuse me. I'm here with Donald Trump, for God's sake. How long is it going to be? I have checks sitting on two tables. Ah, Miss Ayers, how nice to see you. I have Mr. Cuddy's usual table. Cuddy? Sorry, Frank, but I'm going to go crash and burn with Cuddy. Call me. Race. Waldo, you're the best son money can buy. Thanks, Dad. Look, without Derek Zoolander, male modeling wouldn't be what it is today. Actually, hiring Eddie was my idea from the beginning. Excuse me, where's the lobby? Down the hall and to the left. Thanks. McDonald is here, live on Monday Night Raw. Okay, kids, make it fast. I've got a plane to catch. We've created a magazine, Mr. Trump. We give you... Scatchy! There it was. Uh, that was crazy. Uh, those were Donald Trump, and there's more of them, too. There's more cameos. But those are just some TV and movie cameos. And that doesn't even include uh, him on The Apprentice, the however many billions of seasons. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure they just needed to fill the airtime or something, so they kept him on. He's a famous guy. I think that might have inspired Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but... Oh, I was thinking about her this morning when I was drinking my coffee on the bus, and there was a child who was being um, unruly, and I thought, oh, it's like the go-go juice of Honey Boo Boo, and they'd give her a Mountain Dew, and she'd be like, Mommy, I want my go-go juice. I want my go-go juice. That makes a lot of sense now, because I always have a rock star at work, and guys at the, at the job are always telling me, you got your Honey Boo Boo go-go juice, and I had go -go never understood juice. what the they're talking about. Thank yeah, you for bringing some clarity to my life. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I sometimes yell at parents uh, on the bus, or when they're getting on the bus or off the bus, when they hand their child an orange Fanta, it's not orange juice. Fanta is not orange juice. It's not? No. Are you serious? <laughs> we just, we pump our kids full of sugar and then we sit them in front of the TV and then we're like, I wonder why their brains are, they can't focus. I wonder why they all have ADHD and they can't focus on anything. Because if you watch a commercial, and this is my own personal theory, but if you watch a commercial and you count the times that the camera flashes to a different scene, so like in a 30 second commercial for cereal straws or something, you're gonna have 90 shots. So it's like, you know, blah, over here. It's like, duh, 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 and it keeps switching. Like their eye has something else to look at. Like three times like, a second. I'm thinking like the old Batman episodes, you know, pow, bam, blammo, but more like a 
more like scenes. Yeah, scene, 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 scene. A commercial is basically just like uh, pull, pull one up, and we'll just we won't even we won't even listen to it. We'll just just put a like any. What is a commercial? What are kids? What do kids want right now? Look up like a Star Wars toy commercial. Oh or, yeah, how about a Toys R Us? Uh, yeah, a toy perfect Toys R Us commercial. It doesn't even have to be a classic one. Alrighty, let's see what we got it here. It can be just a Toys R Us commercial. And we'll see, and we'll just we'll just count the times that the camera re-switches to another something. Okay, so that's, wait, start, start it again, start it again, okay. it's already started. Okay, so this is Toys R Us, exactly what you wish for. And here we go. One, two, three, three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18. How many seconds was that? That was 30 seconds. That was 30 seconds. There were 18 camera shots. And that's just a regular old commercial. That's freaking frightening right there. Right? That, that really is. And we wonder, and we wonder why. Why are our kids, why can't they focus in school? Because you have one teacher standing up there in front of a chalkboard writing things down. They are bored out of their fucking minds. There's 18 different camera shots in one commercial, and that isn't even the show. Like, it's it's crazy. And then And then people wonder. What, like, what, what's going on? And so we're training them. When you put a child in front of a TV and you just get their eyes trained and then you give them an iPad and they swipe left and then there's a pop-up ad on the side that's constantly popping up. Like, we don't think that this is somehow imprinting upon them the world. I don't know, I think uh, as well as contributing to the ADHD is the sense of instant gratification too. Yeah. Absolutely. Buy this now. Get it now. Oh, and yeah, kids can't wait for anything. I, patience it, truly is a virtue sometimes. Well, it is. And I mean, it's pa- patience. Wanting things builds character. Like every time I was little and I'd want something, um, my grandma would say, um, I'd say like, um, oh, I want... I want uh, a new Barbie doll. And she'd be like, I want world peace, but it doesn't seem like anybody's gonna get what they want today, does it? <laughs> Wanting things builds character. Yeah. That's what she would say. Wanting things builds character. That's true. It's good to want things. Because like, then maybe you'll do things to get the thing you want. Exactly. You could ask for anything you want, but doesn't mean you're gonna necessarily get it. Yeah, not unless, but that's the other thing we're teaching our kids is that if you're a good looking little kid, you can kind of get what you want. Good-looking little girls. I mean, I would be interesting to do a, like a little feminist study of three-year-old girls and ones that are like traditionally cute and ones that are like, you know, kind of slobbering and maybe they have boogers or something. Maybe their hair isn't like brushed into cute little ringlets or they're just not as adorable. You know what I mean? Maybe they, maybe one eye's a little wonky or something. And you sort of like follow them around and see how their if their worldview is at all different because of the way they look, their cuteness factor. Yeah. And especially with the little girls, you know, basically brainwashed from an early age, you know, good little girls act like this, good little girls act like that, and if you act outside of those particular parameters, you're a bitch. Yeah. You know, an ind- a true, independent, self-assured, confident woman is more often than not portrayed as a bitch. Absolutely. You can't, uh, you can't, be, can't be smart 
being smart uh, is not what, what you want as, as a girl. They want you to, the only thing they want you to open your mouth for is to stick a dick in it. Am I right? Oh, I yeah, right? yeah, pretty much. Man. Don't let I the words come out. Just put the dick in uh-huh. the mouth. I'll, I'll, um, I'll own it. because it's, uh, it's sad, but it's, I mean, and, and we're, we're I, and it isn't even, it isn't even porn or anything like that. It's just the way that, I have a, I have a new joke I'm working on, and it goes something like this. Um, men are men, and yep. women are women, and m- you can be male, or you can be female. So, like, our suffix subjugates us right there. Yeah. Like, we're not men. Why Why do we have to have a word that says that we're different? But, I mean, we do. And I know boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. But um, it just, when our power structure and, like, how that sits, it, it, it makes me sad sometimes. Uh, I, I, am, I, am, I am such a feminist. I own it. I, you know, yeah, I, I, I cannot fault you in, in the least right there. Something that uh, I had told to me a while back that uh, I notice a lot more when I'm out on the, you know, in the city just walking around is people that look at each other as true partners will tend to walk side by side. Oh, yeah, yeah, Nobody yeah. takes a lead. Nobody falls behind. Sure. But the, the scary part is, is there's usually a guy walking in front of a girl, you know, because if whatever social acceptance behavior you want to call it as, whether or not she's a strong woman or not, maybe there's just something in the back of her psyche saying, okay, well, I'm somehow inferior, which is complete bullshit. Second Wi-Fi's down. Yeah. <laughs> second Wi-Fi's down. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said, but that's Se- pretty funny. Second Wi-Fi's down. Whenever I hang out with them, whenever I'm the third wheel, like with a couple, like in there walking or whatever, and I'm friends with both of them or whatever, um, sometimes I'll yell at them, second Wi-Fi's down, because I'm the second wife, and it's like, I think it's funny. Oh, that uh, okay. No, no, I get yeah, you. Second wife, because uh, you know men get to have so many wives. Good times. Uh, I don't know how to solve the world's problems, but we try every Wednesday from noon to two here on the AltaCast on MutinyRadio.fm, brought to you by the wonderful, amazing people at Alta California Botanicals, best medical marijuana tink in the biz. Also, you should know that they are one of the main sponsors for our first annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival that's coming up here at the station March 2nd through 6th. It's going to be five shows a night, 24 shows in five days. Actually, 25 if you count the special one we're having at Brainwash on uh, Saturday, March 5th. It's going to be a free show with free beer. Can you can you believe it? What? I know. It's going to be huge. Uh, but every other show is going to be here at the station. Uh, there'll be hour-long shows. Tickets are $7 a piece, $30 if you buy the day pass, $150 if you buy the entire festival pass. And if you do that, you get access to the headliner show, which is going to be amazing. We are working on a national headliner right now, which would be incredible to have. It would be a coup, I might say. But either way, we have 24 comedians from all over the United States and Canada. Uh, We have Canada, Italy, Georgia, um, Michigan, Massachusetts, Texas. Uh, Oregon, Washington, New York. Is Puerto Rico represented? No, no Puerto Rico. Damn. No. Uh, we do have some Latinos in the show. We have Dronos. I, there's a couple Latinos, actually, and I, I did the breakdown to make sure that we were all over the board. Um, we have a couple gays. We have a trans. We've got, nice. we've got some dikey girls. We've got some big girls. We've got a stripper. Uh, what day have, is that one on? That is the underwear show that's going to be on... I think it's on Friday the 4th. Um, but there's an under, underwear-only uh, show. There's 
I mean, we've got we've got white guys, we've got black guys, we've got Asian guys, we've got we're we're we we've got guys with beards, we got fat guys, we got skinny guys. It's a comedic United Nations have, going on we here. We do. We got guys with long hair. Uh, we got clean comics. It, it really it's a we're super across the board. Uh, feminists. It's going to be a lot of fun. And there's almost half of uh, the people who are performing are women. So uh, out of the 24 from uh, out of town that are coming, eight are women, uh, one is trans. So maybe that makes it nine. I'm not, I, I would say then we have nine women. Go nine, yeah. Nine, nine out of 24, which That's is almost awesome. half. So I'm pretty proud of that. And um, so you guys uh, stay tuned for it. We're going to be podcasting. We're going to be broadcasting live all of the shows, podcasting them as well. It's only a 40-seat venue, so you're going to have to get your tickets early as soon as I figure out how to release them. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun, though. Um, if you good guys like details. comedy. Yeah, the good old details. I know. My performance license. Got to get that. Uh, but yeah, for, please, you guys, um, go to your local dispensary and ask for them by name, Alta California Botanicals. They're one of the big sponsors of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016, March 2nd through 6th. Our other sponsor is PBR. And someone asked me, like, how did you get PBR to be a sponsor? I said, well, you know, I have a PBR tattoo on my neck. <laughs> that's what that is. Okay. Yeah, that's a blue. This was. This is not a mistake. Let me tell you. My 33rd birthday, I was so drunk. And um, I went into my favorite tattoo artist and I said, I want to get a blue ribbon on my neck. And underneath it, I wanted to say I win. Because I win a lot of things, too. Like, I win contests and I win... I win a lot. I just always win. And I feel like a winner, even though other people think I'm a loser. I think I'm a winner. I think a neck tattoo automatically sort of says loser, but then it says I win. The irony there is so twisted. Makes me really happy. Um, So I got this tattoo on my 33rd birthday, and I continued. I got in there, and my tattoo artist, Lucas, was like, hey, Pam, you're drunk. It's 11 a.m. I'm like, I cannot be drunk. It's 11 a.m. And he's like, I've only had one PBR. And he's like, what did you drink last night? I'm like, okay, fair enough. Um, so after the tattoo, I went and I, I drank all day. My was, birthday was on a Sunday that year. And that night, I fell apart. Like, I was, like, on the street, like, sitting in this alcove, like, being all sad. And my neck was, like, bleeding because I drank so much that my tattoo was sort of bleeding out. And there's blood. And one of my friends walked by me, and she was like, Pam? Pam? I was like, yeah. And she's like, I didn't even recognize you. You look horrible. What is going on with your neck? And I was like... Oh, that is my tattoo. And I guess someone took me home that night and helped me um, not die on the streets of San Francisco. Very nice. But um, I ended up having to get the tattoo uh, touched up because it bled out so much that it looked just sort of like a bluish blob thing underneath it. Abstract Picasso thing. Right. And so um, my tattoo artist touched it up for me for free a week later. And then he was like, Pam, I got so much flat because I gave you a neck tattoo. And then you like fucked up, would be all fucked up about it. And I was like, dude, that's my second neck tattoo. Like, there's no, the onus is completely off you on that one. I've had a neck tattoo since I was 20. So I've been fucking my life up since the beginning of time. <laughs> You're I, good. I don't give, I don't give a fuck. Um, but PBR is a sponsor. So thank you. Nice. Yeah. All right. What do we, uh, what do we have up next? Oh, they're on your side. Oh, uh, that's right. Little... Okay. I guess mellow listening. Wish I could start hearing these uh, the song on the elevator. It'd be awesome. I really love the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they are one of those bands that are they're timeless. You can listen to their music um, from their first albums in the early '90s, and they still sound fresh today. 
Um, I'm a big fan of Flea, and uh, and I love him as an actor, too. I think he's such a weirdo, you know? You know, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, I don't know if you remember that uh, late 80s, early 90s rapper, Young MC, with the song Bust a Move. Uh-huh. Baseline was played by Flea, really? and it was actually in the video. And all I remember to Flea is that he just had a bunch of stuffed animals sewn as pants. Oh, that's cute. You know, and he's got his bare chest, and he's just beating that bass guitar like it stole something from him and right. just kicking the shit out of it. I just thought it was so awesome. Later on, realized, oh shit, that's Flea. Yeah. And uh, yeah, th- there's just something about that group right there. They're they're going to be in that same um, iconic uh, discussion with as like your Rolling Stones or even uh, like a Metallica because they were they were that that one of those first. I mean, yeah, I think they're the first like band that combined both funk and R&B and rock and roll, punk rock, sure. to be specific, because some of their earlier stuff, it was just, it might as well have been like some kind of twisted, smoked out, black flag. But. Well, they were, they were coming out of L.A., and so that L.A. sound at that time, too, was very, I mean, they were really punk-influenced. Oh, yeah, and anytime you can go on stage with nothing but a sock on your dick, yeah. that, that, that just scores points with me right there, because I don't have the balls to pull that off, literally. <laughs> but I, well, they're marketing geniuses um, also. So this is... The Velvet Glove by Red Hot Chili Peppers. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm.
guys right. are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. And I have been joined all day by Jason, soon to be of The Purge, Thursday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Why would anyone be awake at 8 a.m.? Because, uh, well, for whatever reason, their bodies are programmed to get up at that time. This is my day off. I was up at 5.45. Wow. And pissed off about it. So I needed to wow. purge some freaking bad juju out of me. Absolutely. Uh, I love sleeping in the morning. Like, I... This morning, I snoo- my alarm goes off at 8.30, and I snoozed until 9.40. Oh, my goodness. I if snoozed I, seven I, times. I could only hope. I, I will try as hard as I can and try to convince myself I will sleep into the ungodly hour of 8 a.m., oh and I'm God. still up at 6.30. Wow. See, I, my favorite time is the snooze time, which is why I did seven, because um, I'm in that sort of REM state, and then I'm up, and I know exactly what to do, and I can kind of go right back to it, and sometimes I can sort of augment those dreams. Like, I sort of don't leave it, but I'm still there, and then I can kind of change things in it, and I feel like it's more of a lucid dreaming time. Uh that's weird. Here's here's a little here's a little thing. Uh, we're closing out here on the Alticast. Stay tuned for Think Grow Love Radio with Y Steinberg. But uh, I have these weird dreams about being in hotels. Like I always know that it's a meaningful dream when I'm either at Burning Man, which I haven't been to in eight years, and it's never like the real Burning Man, the one in my dream, and or I'm in some really big hotel, and I'm like being kicked out of my room and I'm trying to scam a way to stay and I'm trying to act around the hotel like I belong there <laughs> but I don't and then like I'm it's the weirdest thing about my dreams about hotels is I'm, there a specific hotel chain you're thinking of or just in general no no usually they're like sort of sprawling and they have sort of the look of maybe a, a Claremont from San Diego but there's also been like rivers and it's been New Orleans I've 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 had dreams where I'm driving around like large lakes, but I think I'm in Nevada, but really it's Chicago. It, but I have these weird visual images in my head that don't exist in reality because they're sort of in my own dreamscape. And, but they're hotels and places and it's, it's weird. And I'm like, why hotels? I, I don't have the money for hotels. They got really cool towels and all, those, all the small soap you can handle. Well, and I definitely take a lot of soap when I... I haven't paid I haven't paid for soap in a really long time, or toilet paper. Nice. Yeah. I got like it. Re- nice. This is I probably shouldn't say this on the radio, but this is we're coming here on the close of fiscal year 2016, and this is the ninth year that I haven't had a W-2. I haven't had a W-2 in nine years. Oh. I haven't applied for taxes in nine years. I have nothing to apply for. I went in one year because I was still in graduate school. And I was like, hey, can I get that $4,000 tax credit from my school? Uh, Because I went to school. And they're like, bring us your W-2s. And I'm like, I don't have any. And they're like, you can't get a tax refund if you don't pay any taxes. Mm. And I was like, do I have to apply for taxes? And they're like, (laughs) you have nothing to apply for. And they told me no, H&R Block told me no. Because I have nothing to apply for. That's the first I've heard ever of anybody being told by a tax company, H&R Block or whatever, basically kick rocks. Right, there, well there was nothing, there's nothing, I don't exist. There's nothing for me to apply for. There's nothing, I don't, I don't, I don't exist. I don't have records, I don't have W-2s. I can't claim any money to the government because there's nothing to claim. Well, you got a good streak going. And here's, this is the thing, I'm putting back feminism years and years, but if they ever ask, I'm gonna be like, I'm a really good girlfriend. And before that, I was a really great wife because wives, 
they've never paid taxes they have no social security money saved up they don't even they don't exist they're just a dependent so i'm like a non-dependent dependent, except that i'm not dependent upon anybody so it's you know Anyways, I hope the government isn't listening to the AltaCast today here on UniRadio.fm. <laughs> it's okay. They're not. I know they're not listening. Uh, I've been joined. If they were listening, we might have uh, more listenership at the station. Do you hear a helicopter outside? Do you hear it? Boom, 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 boom. Do- Trump doesn't care about me. I'm small potatoes. Not only am I a stupid woman in his eyes, I have no, I have no value. And you're not Muslim. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not Muslim. Uh, but I have... Uh, what is what is my value as a woman? I mean, I know what my value is, but I really have no monetary value. So therefore, in America, I'm a piece of shit. Thanks for joining us every day, everybody on the AltaCast. Today here on MutinyRadio.fm, I've been joined by Jason. He's doing a great job in his training. You guys are going to listen to him on Thursday mornings from 8 to 10 with The Purge. Stay tuned for Why Steinberg's Think, Grow, Love Radio here on Mutiny Radio. Bye-bye. Bye. Alex, Ed, can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida, mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news, 
to even bother to read the news anymore. You need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well, then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold, balanced sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet, and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB, KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 through 4 p.m. Miren, miren! Es un pájaro? Es un avión? No! It's a chimam! Looking to invest in the future of your community? MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.mutinyradio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at muniradio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. 
Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com, and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common-sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation, or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio.
Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good to see you. It's been a full week. It's been a full week here. It's another Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's 5 o'clock Carl time, uh, New Jersey time, uh, here on mutinyradio.fm, where we stream all every Sunday at 2 p.m., and you can check us out by going to mutinyradio.fm, and you'll find a uh, listen now button. You can press it, and a Sunday at two, you can listen to us now. Maybe you want to check out our archives. Well, you could just go. You, we're listed. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube, and you can find all our episodes from the last five years. Man, uh, we do it every Sunday. And we also, the, you should check out the lineup on uh, Mutiny Radio while you're on their site. Uh, that what's really happening with Luke uh, Sayers before us. We love that show. And we also love a lot of other great shows, including Monday and Fridays. They have live stand-up comedy, open mics, and showcases. You can listen to it. You can subscribe to their podcast. You could also go to the station, and uh, it is compliant, and uh, check out the show. Also, Carl, I should say we, we're a podcast. Mm-hmm. We're L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's unique enough. Mm-hmm. And you can find us on <laughs> Apple iTunes. Apple iTunes, not Microsoft iTunes. I don't want to confuse anybody. And while you're there, don't leave uh, leave a review. Remember that? Leave a review on iTunes is very important. It's really important to leave a review on iTunes. Oh, 100%. Damn. Listen, don't have my brother be the only one who left a comment about our uh, our show. (laughs) Did you go to Proudly Resents and leave a comment? I might have. Back in the day, my brother's (laughs) podcast. This is a great show. Have you ever done that, Carl, as a performer, uh, left a good compliment about a show and on Yelp or something? Like, Scotty's is such a great showcase. I really love the host. Oh, if I could only fuck that guy. What's his name? Carl. Good idea. I should Sign do it. not Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Very suspicious. Well, you can always tell. that you, you would look at these services and they'll say, like, Oh, this is such a great showcase. It's San Francisco's finest. And it's signed San Francisco comic. <laughs> Danny Deutschy. <laughs> oh, I love Danny Deutschy. It's so great. Signed Mike Spiegelman. <laughs> signed Hatch. Hatch. Oh, well, I think that's all the comedians we know for San Francisco. But we're going to go ahead. And uh, so we're very excited. We are going to, as our acronym uh, describes, going to watch a full-length movie with you on YouTube uh, in its entirety. And we're really excited because it's January 2022 mm-hmm. and the new year has started. And every year now, uh, movies become public domain from 75 years ago. And that's 1926. So we're making a big assumption. We're assuming this movie is available. I can make my own DVD copy and sell it to you, Carl. And there's nothing this guy can do about it. <laughs> that's so, right, cop. Yeah, copper. So we're going to watch. I'm balling me, cop. Hey, buddy, I'm here. You were selling Ulysses by James Joyce. Jokes on you, Kappa. It's been in public domain for two years. Uh, now, so I think Finnegan's Wake is now in the public domain, huh? Google it. Google it. Or, no, go to MikeSpiegelman.com and order your own copy of Mike Spiegelman edition of the Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce. Carl Presents. I edited a bit. <laughs> right, fool's luck. So, uh, last week, uh, we watched the general from Buster yeah. Keaton, now in the public domain. What a great movie! What a great chaotic film. movie! Great research. Uh, this week, uh, today's episode, I'm going to 
uh, present hosts. Uh, I did some research on a, on a movie, an hour-long movie. And Carl also uh, did some research on a 15-minute short. But don't worry, these are both comedies, both stars of the day. Uh, Carl, what is our movie, our feature-length movie? Okay, today? the first one we will watch is Tramp, comma, Tramp, comma, Tramp. And the, that's what you put in YouTube search engine. Tramp, comma, Tramp, comma, Tramp. Yes, you can copy-paste. I don't know why you even asked that. Of course you can. It's not my call. Am yes, I working is. your keyboard? What's the channel what? you like? Well, I have to say there's very few pleasures in my life, like typing the word tramp three times manually, three times in a row. The channel is Cinemax 24K. Oh, Cinemax, huh? 24K. Whoa, that's six times more than regular Cinemax 4K. Cinemax 4K. So go ahead, type in, as Carl said, tramp, comma, tramp, comma, tramp, 1926. You know, I've typed that so often that I just bought myself one of those tramp stamps. Oh, yeah, it makes it a lot quicker. Tramp, tramp, we tramp, got the tra- <laughs> We got the tramp stamp joke the out even before this movie happened. Uh, so we want you to go ahead and find that link, click it, hit pause, move the timer bar to the far most left position. Just move it to the left. And then uh, at the count of go, we go ahead and click the uh, play button and watch the movie with us. We don't do the countdown. We have a celebrity comedian countdown. Carl had the opportunity to talk about him. We're going to hear a little about the performer. And yeah. then that then that celebrity comedian will do the countdown. Carl, take it away. Welcome to Celebrity Comedian Countdown with special host Mike Spiegelman. Hi, how are you? I'm really excited. Our special comedian countdown is not from New Jersey. He's here in Los Angeles. Miguel Fierro, welcome to the show. What's up, Mike? Hey, it's Spiegelman. good to hear from uh, Miguel and I are, we've known each other for like 15 years at least, at least. A little longer than that, I think, actually, since probably about 2002. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Like Holy shit. So this, we are in 2022 right now, so about 20 years. <laughs> uh, we, so let me, let me uh, just introduce you. Uh, Miguel Fierro is a really funny comedian uh, here in Los Angeles. He was part of the San Francisco scene uh, back in the day. And he's also a single cell orchestra. Let's let the cat out of the bag. Probably one of the great uh, ambient house bands uh, out there. Uh, And actually, you know, I just want to say, like, when I started doing comedy in San Francisco, there was a club called Cat's Grill on Folsom. And uh, Mimi Gonzalez had women with balls and they let me perform. And it was right before the ambient night at Cat's Grill. So the back room would have, like, balloons and inflatable pyramids and then uh they would have djs play it was amazing yeah yeah oh yeah no i remember they used to do it yeah they used to do an ambient thing back there i can't remember what it was called but i'm i do i think i've i think i actually played it like a long time ago um at the cat club yeah yeah the cat club right cat club and then it became cat's grill and now it's uh, an empty space probably no it's probably <laughs> i think maybe a condo uh but let's uh so do you started with music first or stand-up Music, yeah, yeah, since I was a kid, really. And uh, now you, you were born in San Francisco, right? Native? I, I was literally born in San Francisco, yeah, on Geary Street at a French hospital. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but I was raised in Marin County, and then I moved back to the city, you know, when I was older. Oh, terrific. Yeah, and so you were part of that San Francisco, like the 90s. I love ambient house music. It saved my life. I just love listening to it and go to sleep to it and just kind of intensely listen to it and, and just dance to it and everything. And it was a good scene that you were part of, you know, Jonas Sharp, I guess. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I had a Charles Izell Edwards album he did on Facts, which was pretty mm-hmm. neat. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm still friends with. I still talk to Jonah. I mean, I still keep in touch with him. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, great guy. Huge influence, and uh, you know, we just love to talk shop and all kinds of other stuff. We've known. Been friends for a long time. So. You know, sweet influence. I have to say, the Dead Dead Event uh, Seven is like one of my favorite albums. And I, like an idiot, I sold it back in the when I was burning through CDs, and uh, I've always regretted that. I'll send you a new one. I, I have I have some. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. It's uh, is I listen to it on uh, YouTube occasionally, and uh, I don't think it's in the right order, but uh, it's just it's amazing stuff. So if people are listening, Single Cell Orchestra. Don't let the pun bother you. You listen to Eight Hundred Eight State. You can listen to Single Cell Orchestra, uh, and Dead Vault, and then you had a Freaky Shocker album. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Freaky Shocker versus Single Cell Orchestra uh, on Astroworks. Uh, yeah, we, we used to play live together, Dom and I, and uh, yeah, so they, you know, it, it was fun, and we got a good response. Toured with Moby, a bunch of people, and so they decided to do an album, and uh, yeah, so that's the album we put out. It's, yeah, it's really good. So where where did you perform live in San Francisco? I mean, all over the place. The biggest one was at the Warfield. You know, that was you know uh, that was opening up for Moby. Uh, and wow, that, that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, you know, clubs, raves. I mean, warehouses. You name it. So. I saw uh, Mixmaster Morris and Pete Namlook perform at uh, King Street Garage at like three in the morning. It was the start time. Yeah, I was there. I, I you was were? There. Yeah, I was there. Oh my god, what an amazing! I woke up. I woke up to the, to Namlook's music, and I got his album of that performance. And I could tell you exactly when I woke up when I listened to that album. Yeah, poor. Yeah, uh, Namlook unfortunately passed away, but uh, Mixmaster Morris, he's still doing his thing. You know, he's still. still still uh djing he's got he, if you go on uh, what is that that mix cloud thing he's, he's like got a million mixes up there so definitely check that out I'll, ch I'll check it out for sure i heard a recent album of his and i really i really he still has it uh we should mention you're, you're on Bandcamp, you're on spotify you are on amazon music yeah mm -hmm, yeah yeah Cell orchestra uh, i've got a bunch of stuff up there and you know my Bandcamp is under my name and uh yeah so you know, all, pretty much everything else is up there, seldom records. So, yeah. And that's C L L D O M, because God forbid we'd need another pun. C E L L D O M, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, well, that's very cool. So, at one point, why did you go from music to stand up? What was the, uh, do, you, do you, I mean, can you tell me, like, how do you approach the audiences when you do music and do stand up? Um, well, with, what happened was, was that, you know, I, I think in, you know, my mid 20s, I sort of just, burned out on trying to be like a, a rock star musician guy. And, uh, and so I got into acting cause I just was following my passions and, uh, and then that led to stand up. Uh, and then, this, and then actually the real catalyst for stand up was somehow nine 11. I think that was the thing where I was like, I'd been booked to do something kind of like a spoken word thing for like the rave crowd and nine 11 happened. And I just came up with all this, just you know all this reaction of you know of just trying to find a way to have a good time and all that just depressing stuff and uh <laughs> and so so yeah the stand-up came out of it and then it was just you know and then i just fell in love with it i just fell in love with stand-up it's just you know the, the freedom and the and the the whole thing of just you know making people laugh having a good time i mean i just always you know i used to love to sit in the back of the punchline and just and just watch everybody, you and you know the whole the whole crew. That was a long you're, time you're ago. Like a, you're like a class above me, you know. And uh, you know, uh, and if I was if I was at the punchline, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was a, it. Was a very long time ago. And uh, 
and it just I just remember always feeling like you know if you can if you can laugh at something then face it and you can deal with it and so you know not to get too corny about it but it seemed like a good way to to have fun and also kind of just sort of maintain some kind of healing life force in my life you know uh, absolutely you know i should mention like i've seen you perform uh like showcases and knock it out of the park and then when we were doing like open mics in san francisco you experimented i mean there was one time you were yelling one time you were yeah. you were like you were fearless i was pretty crazy back then yeah <laughs> I was, I was, I had a lot of anger, Mike. I worked through it. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I was in the room. I, I, I yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I was loud. I was, I was a loud guy. I, I went, I went through that phase. I went, yeah, through, I went through many, several phases. But to your credit, like when we did showcases, you, you brought out the material. Like you, you knew when to to experiment and when to kind of present the show. Like it was good. Oh, thanks, 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 man, thanks. Well, you, I was always a big fan of yours, and you know, I, I always thought you were, you were hilarious and. You know, so I, you know, I just want to give you some props because yeah, you were always you're always one of the guys who made me laugh. So you know, and I do appreciate you, man. Oh, I appreciate that too, and I hope Carl hears this. Um, <clears throat> tell me about Los Angeles. Actually, you had a joke about I was I was at my favorite taqueria, uh, Jack in the Box, right? That was that was that was uh -huh. that's gold, yeah. baby. That's gold. <laughs> Getting the monster taco, and they didn't they didn't have it, Miguel. Oh, so yeah, I had asked if they had something comparable, and she kicked me in my stomach. Do you still, oh, right. Do you still do that bit? Do you still, do you still, do you still ever break when, that one out? If I'm next to a Jack in a box, like if I'm performing <laughs> at a bar, there was a bar on Geary that's next to a Jack in a famous Jack in a box. And uh, I bring that out and it, it really depends on the mood. Like I, I try to avoid the old material uh, when I was performing because I don't know, you get, it gets kind of dismissive. Like people are like, Oh, you did that one, but right. you know, it's a combination. You, when the moment hits and it's right, you can do it. But I know, uh, I, I know the exact Jack in the box you're talking about actually. You yeah. Know. That's an infamous one, the one next to uh, the one on uh, the avenues, right? Yeah, like on yeah, tenth. Yeah. It, it's twenty four hours and there's no lock, and you know things are bad when you turn on the news and you see that Jack in the Box, like the video inside. You're like, uh oh, because yeah, it, it got into like people would beat each <laughs> other up in there. Uh, I think someone got killed there. Nothing good ever happens in a Jack in the Box. You no, know? that's why you use the drive through. But um, <laughs> yeah, don't go inside. <laughs> the inside, the inside of a Jack in the Box is just like it's like yeah, it's like if uh, if uh, uh, Jerry Springer or some or some you know was a was a, was a fast food. You know, I, I played in the architecture. Those buildings are smaller than normal restaurant buildings. Like they look like a toy when you, when you see somebody, them. Someone needs to do a mic in one of those things. You know what I mean? What's up? What's up? You know. <laughs> you know? Hey, what's up, what's Jack? Up? What's up, homeless people? Let's party. You know what I mean? In here for I, warmth. Let's party. Yeah. I would exactly. I would dress up as Jack and then host the show. And then I would try to do a Jack voice, which I don't think I can do. No, uh, they do have the best curly fries, so I gotta give them that. So. Oh yeah. No, they're great, man. They're great for vegetarians. Horrible junk food for vegetarians. <laughs> so tell me, so let me I now that I'm in Los Angeles, I wanna catch up. Like, what's your experience in Los Angeles? How how's performing stand-up? You've been doing a lot of shows, a lot of outside shows during the pandemic, producing and, and performing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh did did a few of them did, for a while I was doing one out there in LA uh uh historic park down there by Chinatown. That that was pretty fun. I, I kinda had to had to sort of bail on that though, because I, I just had my schedule didn't really sort of you know work with having a, a show on a Monday afternoon. I, I really enjoyed yeah. that was my first live show in, in Los Angeles, and uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. You and Groper was great. Uh, Groperman, uh, Adam, Adam actually turned to me. He goes, "You want to run this show?" <laughs> That's, hilarious. That's hilarious. I was like, "Wow, I just been in San in Los Angeles for like two weeks." Yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't. Uh, I would have had to take the bus, and I didn't have a mic, so I didn't follow up. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a you know, it's it's a it's a challenge running a room. Um, I, I did I did a I did a I ran a room for about nine years uh, at the USA Hollywood Hostel, which was really fun. Um, That's a great room. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, and and we ran it we ran it and you know uh, you know for you know I say for nine years and then and then. And then they kind of got some new management that was not as comedy friendly, and you know. So. That's a real shame because that that room's been going on for a while. I got I got uh, put into my place. Uh, I was with a comic, and I was talking to a comic, and another comic said, "Are you guys comics?" We said, "Yeah." And they're like, "Well, can you be quiet as a comic performing?" And I went, "Oh, <laughs> whoa, shit!" That's hilarious. Um, That's mine. Yeah, and I mean, I've run a few other rooms and stuff like that. You know. LA is it's fun it's what you make it it's a bigger world down here obviously than than San Francisco uh and I miss that about San Francisco actually because in San Francisco it was just this kind of at least when I was there there was just kind of a few places that people hung out everybody kind of knew each other you kind of knew you know who was who was funny and stuff <laughs> you know right. <laughs> you know and it, and yeah you, yeah sure you have your East Bay comics and you know but all the ones that are sort of really going for it you would you would see you know mostly and mostly, not 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 entirely, but mostly, you know. Whereas here in LA, it's just sort of like, I mean, there's just so many little subsets of comics. You know, you've got your East Side, West Side. You've got your Valley comics. You've got your, you know, you've oh, got Valley your, comics. You know, you've got your your you know uh, Silver Lake kids. You know what I mean? There's just so many different you know places. But it, I I mean to be honest, it's changed probably. I mean, I don't really I haven't really been out there on the landscape as much because of the pandemic. I've really yeah. But that's kind of put the kibosh on a lot of you know, a lot of the rooms that I probably would be hanging out in these days. Cause was that a blessing, the pandemic, the ability just the ability you had to stop for a while? Uh, not for the comedy, no. It was a blessing for the music because being home so much, I just got super into production and the new music I'm making is just is like next level, so much better. I mean, I, I love everything I've done up until now, but I feel like I've taken that to an, a next level thing because just so much time at home, you know, and, and uh, you know, really embracing different technology and a lot better, a lot, lot better. I'll, I'll send you some stuff, but uh, yeah, well, let, let, our, let our audience know like your band camp is single cell orchestra, the new album is Remember the Feature, yeah, uh, exactly, yeah, and uh, people should definitely subscribe to it. And then before we get going, um, you recently DJed uh, during the pandemic, how was that? Well, I actually actually did a I've done a couple, I did a live show, uh, and that that was really fun, actually. That was uh. Uh, these guys threw that in this warehouse. That was actually back in like the beginning of the vaccinate, the early vaccination period, where it was like, you know, you get after you got, you know, it was sort of assumed after you got two shots, then you know, life is back to normal for you, buddy. You know, yeah, uh, you know, and I guess you know we we're a bit wrong. It was kind of crazy to be in a room with like two two hundred people or three hundred people or however many it was uh, when nobody was wearing a mask because you had to. Show your vaccination card, um, uh, you know. So it was it was kind of weird. It was, but you know, ended up being fine. And uh, yeah, had, had had a great had a great time. I mean, I've I've also been sort of working on that over the last few years. My, my live show is is a lot a lot more organic. It's a lot more hands on. You know, uh, drum machines and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of fun. So uh, sounds good. Looking forward to doing more of that too. So check out Miguel Fierro in Los Angeles as a performer. Single Cell Orchestra is online. It's on your Spotify. Check it out. Any album is good, but with the new one is uh, Remember the Future and the, the Mike Speaking One favorite. That Vent 7 is really cool. Uh, and and also, I have to say, like, the San Francisco ambient scene, the record labels, it was cool. Like, all the different kind of bands and stuff like that. 
I, I thought there was like a real scene going on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it was totally, it was fun, man. It was a, it was a special time. A lot of great music came out of that whole time. You know, San Francisco was definitely regarded as, you know, one of, one of the, you know, cooler places for electronic music to be coming out of in the 90s. Now it's just everywhere. I mean, right. it's just every Because also, too, it's like, you know, you buy a computer and you've got enough technology just in your, you know, computer that it, that it comes with. You know that you've got it. You've most people buy a computer now. They now they actually have a studio. You know when I was when I was a kid. You know you had a you know I worked at a coffee shop and you know we'll shave two thousand dollars for a sampler. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You try that now, kids. You know. Oh, if these computers coming out had like a podcast feature, Carl and I are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, cool. I, I'm so glad to be talking with you, and I was really happy to see you again when I moved out here. And uh, yeah, likewise, uh, man. Yeah. So we we uh, have an audience. We have a movie line, queued up. We want you to do our celebrity comedian countdown and and let them know when they could hit play. Are you are you ready, Miguel? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. That was a really interesting comedian countdown. That was excellent. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. All right, here we go, Harry. Get done. Oh, look, they had a tramp stamp because that was manual. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Tramp, tramp, tramp. I'm going to lower the music. Uh, have you ever heard? So Harry Langdon plays Harry Logan. Harry Logan sounds like a show business name. Harry Langdon was a show business star with a weird name and a weird act, Carl. Uh -huh. Look at that. Joan Crawford's in this movie. Huh? Well, let's kick it off. There's only the title card for these early movies. We start off in the fictitious town of Burton, Massachusetts, where there's a, uh, you can tell we start off, uh, which is owned by John Burton, rich family. They own the Burton shoes. He's so rich, he put his daughter on this poster. Which, by the <laughs> and they're like, guys are walking around like, I need a pair of shoes. And they see the daughter, they're like, hot dog. <laughs> and uh, so he is going to, he needs a gimmick. PlayStation is acting. All right. Yeah, they're crushing the competition, especially in the world of shoe manufacturing in the town of Burton, <laughs> Massachusetts. Meanwhile, at Amos Logan and Son Handmade Shoes, Burton, Massachusetts store. And look at that boot out there. See? The little competition. Yeah. So, by the way, our star, Harry Langdon, who's considered huge, he was born in 1880. He really looked like FDR just then. Well, look what's between his leg, uh, between his legs, Carl. He has like a little shoe uh, right. in the middle. Yeah, so he can mend shoes on there. Okay, here comes the landlord. He's gonna classic, right? He's like he needs some rent. When, Carl? But three months. Don't you hate that? <laughs> <laughs> so this is gonna be landlord porn, where the old man's gonna have sex with the landlord, so he can delay paying the uh, uh -huh. uh, rent. Which is disguised. Due. It's Usually my landlord would say, speaking when the rent's due in like two hours. I've never once had him say, by the way, you got three months, three whole months to pay me rent. Because <laughs> they had to travel like by stagecoach and bullshit. That's amazing. All right. So this is a Harry, Harry Langdon is a movie star. He, uh, he was a vaudevillian. He's going to show up in a sec. And right now he's at the height peak of his uh, popularity. And he's considered like, you know, there's Chaplin, there's Ketone. Is that right? Uh, there's uh, Harold Lloyd, <clears throat> white guy. 
There's uh, Matty Arbuckle. Matty Arbuckle was huge back then. Yeah. So he he had a fall. Like it wasn't as bad as Fatty, but uh, he this was this is the first movie he did in 1926, mm-hmm. 27, and uh, 27, right? No, 26. 26. He also did a movie. He's an interesting guy because he was a vaudevillian. He he did medicine shows and stuff like that when he was 12. He did minstrel. He dressed did blackface, and he met his wife Rose, and and they married in 03, and they had an act, and he used to do I guess called Johnny's New Car according to Wikipedia. Uh-huh. There, ah, there it is, Joan. That's so crazy. La, la, la. The dad's saying, "Listen, this factory in t- in town is killing us, and we got to get rent in three months, or we're doomed." Then across the street is a billboard for that very factory, and he's like, oh, "I can't wait to jerk off to this billboard later." Like they don't stop and say, "That's the final insult." <laughs> so he's in love with the bad guy's daughter. That's exactly right. right. And he needs money in three months. He's yeah. got to get the rent deadline yeah so he uh and he's gonna have like there's some funny play cards i'm waiting for it to show up actually but you know this, this so he had a vaudevillian act he would do the same bit like for 20 years according to what I, I went to a halloween party as a placard once my face was the placard like my face was in the middle <clears throat> and then the, the the rectangle was around me you know uh and people were like shaming me for being in plaque face yeah, it was very controversial at the time. I'm sure you thought it was funny being in blackface. <laughs> okay, he's. I'm going to get the money in three months if it takes me a year. Now, this is actually really <laughs> clever fun. writing. Well, check out the next placard. So here he is. This guy is like John C. Riley, not John C. Riley. Like he's off. He's like Zach Galifianakis humor. Like he does the opposite of what you expect. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to go out and get the money. So he immediately walks out and he's completely perplexed. <laughs> he can't even walk. And here, here we go. Now they take the primrose path or the easiest way. I love that. Usually you take the hell, you know, the terrible, the hardest path or the path thrown in hell. And this one's like, you want the one with roses or the easiest one? So here's the landlord. He's like, hey, by the way, clean my shoe, which is very common in Burton, Massachusetts. Burton. (laughs) Burton. (laughs) Buster Burton. Buster Curton. But keep now i don't get this like so he takes the bags he's helping the landlord yeah like why would he kiss the landlord's butt but okay he's a nice person and goofy he uh he he went and so by the time in 1923 he went to hollywood and he talked to hal roach you know the hal roach studios but didn't work out he worked for uh a company and then um he started working for Max Sennett for the Keystone, and he created this character, and Frank Kappa and this director, Harry Edwards, and another mm-hmm. man, like, helped work out. Check out this deal. They have a promotion to sell shoes. They're going to have people walk from Burden, Massachusetts to Burden, California, wearing Burden factory shoes. For free or something, like as a promotion? Yeah, and whoever wins gets twenty five. No, it's twenty five thousand dollars on stage. Oh, you, okay. So you have to buy our shoes, and you have to walk it. And if you, no, win, like, we give you money. They're like, hey, people, it's a great promotion. People are here at the barbecue. Look at that Did barbecue. You see that? That was a cow. Like the whole cow. Well, what's really funny? They said, "Here's our promotion. We're going to do a cross country walk, and everyone out here is this, is here to 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 send them off or here for the barbecue." And they show the they walk out the window, they look outside, and they cut to the barbecue. 
Like they looked at the people and then they looked at the barbecue. There's the dark. Look at that. You know, they had to like draw, paint that in the background. That factory. Yeah. Okay, so here we are. We have all the onlookers. They're not waiting. And there's no microphones back in the day, so they use that mic, that uh, megaphone. Bullhorn. Bullhorn. Yeah. Bullhorn. I know. And the crowd's like, "We want more barbecue." <laughs> I'm here for the barbecue. So these are all the famous walkers in a countrywide walking competition. <laughs> Goodness, there is such a thing in 1926. You know, it's like a different culture. It's like a, a different country. They speak English, but they have their own. It's not just a different time. It's a different America. Okay, so Cargus, the, uh, by the way, his name is Cargus. He is not only their evil landlord, he's the world famous walker. He is, coincidentally. Yeah, right. And that's where he's leading uh, Harry right now. He's asking him to take the bags, but Harry can't. He can't get past that billboard. Because of the girl? Yeah, look, he's like, come on, check it out. I mean, imagine you're watching this as like a, if he's Will Ferrell or like. What, what's know, the big deal? What, what is it? Uh, what is it? I got a walking competition. I got to walk across country. Look that, Glenn. Yeah. It says nothing. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he's like, check her out. I jerk off to that picture. I'm so crazy. I've been creeping that picture for months. They're closing my dad's store, but I don't care. There are billboards across the street. So wait, so our enemy is going to compete in the walk? That's right. For and Goofy offered to carry his bags, he'll be competing in the walk as well? Yeah, you know, this guy just walked out of the place. <laughs> the landlord was outside and said, you know, hey, clean my, shine my shoes and carry my bags. And uh, he's a man child, you know, but he, uh, he's not like an angry man child. He's kind of just uh -huh. like a, a wistful, naive, like uh -huh. very introverted. It's a deadpan style because like he just does the opposite of what you expect, especially in a silent movie where the things seem to be really exaggerated. Like he's going to help him out. Here? I met rock. rock. See, for a world-class walker, he's such a little whiny jerk right like he has a cane so he's and he clearing the way from the rock yeah yeah he's kicking the rocks boy is he a prince yeah right make way prince coming Whoa. through <laughs> I was just i think you're a couple seconds ahead of me uh he just okay i guess i am Had is going on i i'm at 925 okay. i'm at 930 okay yeah i'm at 9 no, I'm you're ahead of me. Oh, I, I'm 933. Yeah, you're like two seconds ahead. It's fine. Okay. All right, great. Funny. Perfect. Okay. You were right, though, that I was. It's winter in one place and summer in another. No, it's just. No, bad. it's just overexposed. Out. Yeah. Other copies on YouTube were, were sometimes better, but sometimes worse. But I, I prefer this one. This one was, was uh, put Here in comes last year. the champion walker of the world. Yeah. Yeah, and then he walks in. Stupid. Oh, I'm so fucking bloated from barbecue. I'll, I, I'm so amazing to meet you, man. I don't know if it's the meat I've been eating and the free beer, but whoa. Can we do a selfie? <laughs> yeah, that's going to take an hour. Oh, and they, they can't wait. And there's, of course, Billboard Girl. I didn't look up any information about Joan Crawford. You know, I don't think now is the time, but this is definitely in the 20s, like one of her earlier movies. Mm -hmm. We should find a, Wait, a movie Joan with Joan Crawford, Crawford. The Joan Crawford I know? The Joan Crawford we all know. Mommy dearest Joan Crawford? Goodness, I got to see her face again. She's that hottie? 
Imagine you married her and then she was like, no fucking wires, fucking hangers. Uh-huh. You're like, Ever. oh, I wanted the tramp, tramp, tramp. <laughs> I thought I married a tramp, tramp, tramp. Get off of me, you goof. You're yeah. a bro. Hey, look at that deadpan. <laughs> All right. You let me never that see you again. Offered, my goodness. Oh my god, where are I you? Think this is all bleached out. I can't overexpose. You've been saying so. I can't really get a good right. So long, sucker. All right, well, off and they go. He'll say, "I'll compete in that walk myself." Well, you know, it's the moment's gone. I don't know. Like he, look, he's, he's like a kid. He doesn't know how to react. Oh darn shucks! This doesn't process, but she, she kind of. It's interesting because this movie is like, oh, I, I'm obsessed by this woman, and she'll become my sweetheart, and we'll have a child together. And that's always kind of creepy, but she falls Why for him a bit. Why do you say it's creepy? Because that's it's biology not... making you want to have a baby. Right. right, but he's like totally obsessed by her, but she kind of falls for him. Uh, I'm at 12.02. Okay, I'll just start telling you second. Yeah. 12 and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So now I'm behind you. No, you're good. We're, we're all together. I was waiting for oh. you to say 8. <clears throat> all right. So, yeah, so he's he says, screw it. I need to unwind. I'm going to go mentally undress oh, the hello. billboard. Hello. Hello, beautiful. Ah. So what yeah, so that's like probably the closest to a reaction shot he does, right? Like usually he just he doesn't do the like Whoa! He uh he, he he struck it big. So he did this movie and then the writer Frank Capra directed his first movie this year with him called The Strong Man. Uh-huh. Frank Capra uh, Frank, Cap Frank Frank Capra, maybe you heard of him? Yes, I've heard of him as an author. He was a director. Yeah, he directed a movie called um, "It's a Wonderful Life," big, big <laughs> flop at the time, and then it went into the public domain. And then, uh, uh, because he it was Christmas, movie. he did the Billy Jack prequel, uh, "Mr. Smith Goes to Washington," with Jimmy Stewart. That's a great uh, for its time. It was a great film. I don't know. It was missing Billy Jack. Billy Jack goes to Washington. On the other hand, now that's a goes to Washington movie. He uh, so they they met at at uh, Keystone Studios, and he said, "Screw it." He you know, he's, this guy's very ambitious, Harry Langdon. So he said, "I'm going to create my own company, Harry Langdon Pictures, and make my own movies." And he took uh, Harry Edwards, and he took Capra, and he took another writer, and they they left uh, Keystone, and they made a deal. Same guy who ran the first production company he was with is with First National pictures did you see that bank like name in the opening credit yeah yeah so they made a deal you, you will give us four movies from harry langdon studios or what have you and this was the first one and it was a hit okay so that's the application for him she wants him she feels bad he wants him to join the competition so sign here yes sweetie oh join oh he could maybe be a double as a spy a uh no not even she's just she just, you know, thinks he wants to give him a chance because uh, he feels anyone could join. Okay. Oh, the walk. Register for the walk. Right. This is like the running, walking man. And this is like, uh, we okay. had the cannibal run we saw where we, they drive cross country. They're going to, he's going to walk from Massachusetts to California. 
<laughs> oh my god oh my god to promote a pair of shoes oh my god which by the way falls apart halfway through the race for him yes i really it. like to go on my walks but the thing is like if i get to like seven miles i'm like okay <laughs> right what's it once my pedometer says ten thousand steps i'm done so i i also not recently but in the past i would like do a 10 mile on the weekend like in 2015 or something and walking? Like, it would knock your ass yeah like in a hike and shit it would you would be great during a lot of, but at the way end you're in your ass dragging only two more miles Fuck. he's writing a note to his dad he's like don't worry about the rent due in three months i have a surefire way to get 25 grand all i gotta do is walk to california p.s did i mention i jerk off to that billboard girl <laughs> Oh, better get Ma's wedding cock ring out of stock. Hawk, hawk. That that I actually out of hawk. Yeah, I've watched this movie a few times actually, Carl. And uh, I thought it was said hawk the second time. All right, so this is only an hour movie, and the whole premise is a race. So, how much running time do you think it's devoted to the actual race? This... <laughs> like I was expecting the whole film. They still haven't walked. Now, this is the night before, and the hotel's overbooked. And see, there's the, the car gas. Will you share your room? Right? It's the 20s. Fuck that. Right that happened the... to me in Texas. They were like, do you want a handicap access room? And I was like, no, I, I don't want anyone having access to my room. Handicap or no. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. I'm glad you made your point there. They don't care in Texas. So there's his room, right? I think he's a little obsessed. So he's he ripped, ripped, out the, ripped out all the posters along the yeah, way? Yeah, like he, that's like six billboards alone. You're right. He's fucking nuts. That's he must have went to Burden, got the that billboard, and then West Burden. I thought he had a healthy, like, oh, I like that girl. I'm going to marry her one day and where I'll have kids together and be happy. And I was like, what's wrong with that, Mike? But if he's stealing billboards, and, but, no. <laughs> but if Chris Farley did that, wouldn't that be cute and endearing? Oh, with Bubble Boy, this movie reminds me of Jake Zillenhall in that in 19, like 2000 movie yeah. Bubble Boy, where he has to travel cross country because he wants to go girl he loves. Immunities. Now this this is a uh, so this is the the bad guy. Look at this. Ah. And one up more up the sleeve. <laughs> Don't kiss the dirty outside billboard thing. Right? You know it's what? got that uh, paper, uh, wallpapery, and the, it was on with the glue. Okay, never mind me. Nope. Oops, fell apart. Now, I don't know. Like, Do you think this would be funnier if the guy was like wide awake just waiting for him to stop? Because he's like, Maybe. I thought it. I thought his eyes were open and he was just like patiently waiting this through, but he's actually sound asleep during this. There's two things in this movie that I, I wish they changed. This is one of them. I wish he was awake, just silently writing this out until of course it's complete disaster. Like a Jerry Lewis movie where the boss watches him try to stack cans. Mm -hmm. My other, my other complaint about this movie is that his dad makes shoes. He, the competition is killing his dad's business. Competition is doing a competition where you walk into competition's shoes and you get 25000 which would save his dad. Yeah. He does the competition wearing, I don't know what pair of shoes he wears. I think it's his own. 
I don't think he's wearing burden. That's ridiculous. Like, I don't know. Wouldn't that make the movie better if he wore his own shoes? I don't know. Does he still win the prize? Yes, he does. Well, then, yeah. Yeah, that would be better. But his dad's not concerned about his company or or the competition. You'll see his dad has a really interesting (laughs) subplot, which I don't want to reveal just yet. Okay. Here we go. Wow. Darn it. He really fell on that dude. That was a real fall, man. Say, what do you think? What do you think? Just trying to get to sleep. I got a big race. I got to walk. He sleeps with his fans. That's deplorable. Oh yeah, and not professional at all. He turns the light off, of course, which starts the fans. Doing it right in front of everybody. He should at least clean up afterwards. My God, that's a lot of socks. Gym socks. And cut. <laughs> right, just looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't sleep. I think I'm a couple seconds before you, but I don't care. You know, so this intro to sleep pills. Right, which in 1926, the fucking must be killer. Heroin or something. But they're shaped like aspirin. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so they were manufactured somehow. Yeah, just like cocaine was. You could do any old drug you wanted before they made laws, you know. 